An underperforming sales team can wreak havoc on your business. But what if the solution isn't finding the right people, but is helping your people become the right people? My friends at Sales Arbiter provide hands-on coaching and training designed to help your current sales team achieve success. They've helped our team immensely, and I think they can help your team too. If your sales team is struggling to grow in this competitive business environment, visit our friends at salesarbiter.com today. My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at MyPillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our MyPillow towels and our really soft, comfortable MyPillow sheets. And not to be left out, Echo and Tango love sleeping on their MyPillow dog bed too. Visit MyPillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code TOD to save as much as 80%. That's MyPillow.com, promo code TOD. If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talking. Yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com, slash Todd Huff Show, should you want to watch the program live or on demand. So long as our friends at Facebook allow that to take place. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. And today, I want to shift gears a little bit. I know I've done this a couple of times lately, although not for this specific reason as of yet. Um, One thing I deliberately avoid doing is talking about local issues on this program. I am, for those of you that have listened for some time, you know this, I am based in the heartland. For those that listen On Freedom 95, this is home base. I am located, our home studio here is just outside of beautiful Indianapolis in the great Hoosier State. And so this is the, this is home, the heartland. I've I've lived here my entire life. I've uh, lived in a small town uh, in Indiana my entire life. Went to school at Butler University. And we've talked about that in the past a little bit, some of the things that have I encountered there, but 
I've lived in Indiana my whole life, but one of the things we've always made sure not to do is because, A, my interests. My interests lie more on uh, the national stage. And I don't even know always why I could articulate, or if I could articulate always why that's the case, but I've always found more of an interest on national national politics, probably to some degree because the federal government poses the greatest risk that we have as far as maintaining our liberties. Not that there's not issues in the state level. Please don't misunderstand me, or even at the local level. I have a friend of mine who recently ran and was elected uh, to be on the town council of a local government, and there's local issues that we have to contend with and deal with as well. But I've just always had an interest in the national issues first and foremost. Again, not not saying that you should not. I wish more people would have an interest in the local stuff because I think that there are good people that are needed at all levels of government. Government has gone wild, as they say, at all levels, at every single level. And we, what we need, the first step, the first step we need is for reasonable, decent people to not be afraid of engaging in government, not to be bullied or intimidated, not to feel like they can't say certain things because it's not politically correct or it's the wrong side of an issue. They don't want to be attacked or boycotted or shouted down at the shopping, uh, at the grocery store or some such thing. You know, you're, you're living your life. Uh, and I'm not saying people need to be, you know, everybody needs to take up a poster and go protest down at the town square or some such thing, the courthouse. But we do need to be more engaged at all levels. But I've always had more of an interest in the federal side of things and, the, you know, Washington, D.C. But again, it, it matters at all, all levels. Today, I want to talk about something that matters on the local level, but it matters. This, this is, I guess, an example that no matter where you are listening, no matter where you are listening, the things that we discuss today, I'm sure pieces of this, maybe chunks of this, maybe even close to the whole part of this, applies to your particular community as well, or you should at least be aware of it in case it does make its way there, because what we're going to talk about today is this Red for Ed, Red for Ed movement, and it's now hit uh, the state of Indiana, and today, today is the first day that there's a session of what the first day of the session of, of Congress in the state of in, the state level at the state house here in the uh, in the city of Indianapolis, and so this is a day that's going to be pretty busy for those who work at the state house today. There's estimates of up to fourteen thousand teachers teachers who are not working today. In fact, we have over at last count the last number I saw the last number I saw was one hundred and thirty. School districts in the state of Indiana, it's almost half. I believe there's 292 school districts. At least 130 have closed today, have closed today due to teacher demand, pressures from the ISTA, the Indiana State Teachers Association, to close the schools and allow teachers to have the day off Right, allow teachers to go to the state house and protest, protest 
um, with 14,000, possibly more people. Now, for those of you that aren't in Indianapolis, I can tell you that the, where the state house here is in Indiana is kind of tucked in between some some buildings, at least on, I, I would say, three sides. It's kind of tucked in right downtown Indianapolis. But on one side, the north side, it's opened a little bit more. But the point is, 14,000 people is going to be a whole lot of people to be dealing with at the state house, which is fine. I don't mean to perfectly free to to go and do this. This is part of what it means uh, to be to be, I guess, American. You have the right to petition your government for a redress of grievances, and that's in effect what they're doing. So they're going to protest down at the state house several things. And I don't want to overly simplify this, but it comes down to basically, I would say, three things. The first is pay. The second is standardization and accountability. And the third would be, I guess you could say, extension of the first one, which is not just pay. Uh, it, it, it's money. So there's, there's the personal. They want more. They want to be paid more. And then on top of that, they want more money for education. So I want to talk about these things today. Now, I want to kind of set the stage here. I think I've mentioned this before. I, I really, I'm pretty sure I have. I don't know to what degree. So if I've said this in the past, bear with me here for the next couple of minutes. I just want to set the stage. I, at one point, was a school board member. In fact, I remember running for school board. I was asked to run back in 2000. Back in, actually, I would have been asked to run probably in 1999 because 2000 was the election, uh, the election year. And in our state, school boards are elected, well, they were, I think they still are, in, in May. And so I had to file in February of 2000, I guess, and then ran in May of 2000. I won by something like literally 37 votes or something. It's a smaller community. So the, the percentage of what the 37 votes accounts for is larger than you might realize, but it's still not massive. <laughs> I didn't have some landslide victory. I was 22 years old. I had just uh, – literally I hadn't even graduated, I guess, college yet. And so I was on the school board, and I, I learned a lot of things. I learned a whole lot of things. I learned, for example – I learned, for example, that the amount of things that – Local school boards, and I'm not, I'm just making a statement here. I'm not even assigning blame for this, although there are certainly repercussions and ramifications. But lo- local school boards, and I would say this is the, the case across the country, no matter if you're in Oklahoma, Utah, Texas, Florida, Arizona, wherever, but local school boards have given up a lot of local authority either to the state and or in some instances in many instances actually the the federal government and so i learned relatively quickly that the amount of things that you could really change was was limited unless you were prepared unless you were prepared to say no to federal funding which sounds good and ultimately would be the best thing I think for the schools is to is to go back to the model where they're not you know that they have more direct control over decisions that are made they're not 
They're not tied to money. Because if you say no to the money, I mean, you literally, it's not like you can increase sales of your company, right? It's not like, it's not like you can say, well, we'll just put it, make a push to sell more widgets. That's not really how school funding works. This is a, you know, a tax-based, a public education is based upon what people pay in taxes, property taxes and different forms of taxes. It's changed recently in the past, I don't know, six, eight years here. But anyway, you learn how much of the local responsibility has been, I don't know, kicked or passed to other groups, be the state, the federal government. And so, but there's certainly things you can control and have a local school board, having good people making decisions based upon um, good values, a good understanding of their role, um, you know, just there's a lot of good things that school board members can do review of, of curriculum making sure that there's not some of the radical stuff that you see uh, creeping into your local community through your schools oftentimes that is that that is what happens i'm not saying every time i'm not saying everything that comes in is some sort of a uh, socialist or liberal's dream but it certainly happens certainly happens and i remember back on the school board when i was there we used to negotiate Teacher uh, want exclusive te- access. Teacher contracts. Don't know why that triggered there, but teacher uh, contracts, I should say. And one of the things I remembered learning back in the day was that it's as much about. <laughs> it may be more about. It's at least as much about the messaging and communicating than it is about the substance and the reality. And what I mean is, I remember, let's say. The way that you would negotiate a contract with the teachers is you would basically say we have this much new money. So last year we had, let's say, a million dollars. I mean these numbers aren't real. This year we have $1,500,000 or whatever the number is. And so you have $500,000, the difference there, $500,000 of new money. New money and a certain percentage is allocated towards teachers. And effectively what we would do is say – this is how much money that we have looking at the you know the, the union. Oftentimes, there was a third party that would negotiate these, these agreements. Different folks do it different ways. But say this is how much money. How would you prefer us to, to split this up? Sometimes they would just take that number. Usually, they would be a little bit of pushback. They would want a higher percentage of the new money. But a school has more to do, obviously, than just pay – I'm not minimizing it, but there's more involved, right? I mean, you, you don't have to look very far to see that there are buildings. There's liability insurance. There is, uh, I mean, maintenance. There's electricity, water. In fact, I remember our local school district was actually sued by the town when I was on the school board because uh, we had moved to a sewer system. And they, it wasn't based on water use, and effectively they determined a factor for how much the school would pay per month. And the school was something like, I don't know, 27, the equivalent of 27 households or some such thing. And they wanted to charge us, so they billed us for 27 hookups. And so there was a dispute about that because there was only one or two or whatever it was. So that actually went to – there was actually a lawsuit filed over that. But the point is, the point here is that there's other things to pay for. Right, it's not just staff. It's not just there's administrators too. So there's teachers, there's administrators, there's buildings, there's transportation. 
There's sporting events. There's all this stuff. And some of these things, again, that you have to do are kind of mandated from other other levels. So I have some familiarity and background here, and I want to talk about this, break down this red for ed situation that's happening here in Indianapolis today as teachers descend upon the state house. And again, if you're in another state, I just want you to there, – there are certainly things that we talk about today that will maybe apply exactly the same as they do here. And I think that we want to unpack this and look at this. And yes, I know we've got impeachment and all this stuff going on. We've talked about that. Sometimes I feel like uh, until I'm, I'm blue in the face. But not going to do that a whole lot today. We might get to a couple of things later on, but I want to cover this red for ed situation because I think it's it's necessary that we talk this out, think this through, and uh, don't just jump on some sort of uh, an emotional bandwagon here because there is uh, some some consequences for not doing things wisely here. So I've got to take a time out, get back. We'll talk more about that. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. An underperforming sales team can wreak havoc on your business. But what if the solution isn't finding the right people, but is helping your people become the right people? My friends at Sales Arbiter provide hands-on coaching and training designed to help your current sales team achieve success. They've helped our team immensely And I think they can help your team too. If your sales team is struggling to grow in this competitive business environment, visit our friends at salesarbiter.com today. My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at MyPillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our MyPillow towels and our really soft, comfortable MyPillow sheets. And not to be left out, Echo and Tango love sleeping on their MyPillow dog bed too. Visit MyPillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code TOD to save as much as 80%. That's MyPillow.com, promo code TOD. Welcome back. So we're talking about red, what they're calling red for ed action day at the state house today in Indianapolis. Again, I don't normally do this. I don't normally talk about local stuff, but I feel like there's some stuff here that we're going to talk about that applies, that applies across the board, no matter where you are located, no matter where you are located. And so according to the Indianapolis star, the red for ed movement is, well, there's teachers going to the state house today in Indianapolis to protest three things. They want an investment from the state in teacher pay. That's number one. Uh, The ISTA, that's the Indiana State Teachers Association. That's the teachers union. It wants lawmakers to make good on a promise to hold schools and teachers harmless from state test scores, which dropped sharply when the state introduced the new iLearn test back in the spring. And number three, it wants a new professional development requirement repealed. So 
that's what they're going to the state house. They're all going to be wearing red. Uh, they're going to be outside the state house. They're going to be inside the state house, and they are going to be. Uh, I said uh, I saw making making tunnels along the, the 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 pathways where people can enter, congressmen, congress people, and senators, uh, walking in and out of the state house, and along with anyone else that would be uh, going down there today. They estimate fourteen thousand teachers will be there, and some one hundred and thirty plus school districts are closed in the state of Indiana now. For those that are not closed, for those I've, I've talked with the several several people here, for those that are not closed, so some school districts say, no, we're not going to close, but teachers are still going to go to this event downtown at the State House. And by the way, I should point out, I think I m- mentioned this briefly at the beginning, but just to, to, to say it directly, the teachers pick this day because it's what this, uh, the, the, the government – Calls Organization Day. It's the first day that the new the new Congress uh, is is in session, and so there's some organization. It's kind of a you know, I don't know, kind of a publicity day as it is. And so they they thought we can piggyback with the first day of uh, of session, Organization Day, show that we're organized, show up in our red T-shirts, and basically make the case, protest for, demand, whatever you want to say, however you look at this, more pay, along with the other things that I mentioned there. So some school districts closed. Some school districts did not close. Now, what happens when a school district closes? In fact, I know right now at this very moment, you may have someone in this, well, many of you in this in this audience have have kids. And so if your school district closes, you've had to Make additional accommodations today uh, for for childcare in many instances. Some of you have to maybe pay for that. Some of you maybe have to take the day off of work. Maybe you have to work from home today. Some sort of accommodation has to be made there. So you already have seen some of you have seen the effect of of what's happening today. Now some districts didn't close. Again, as of the last count I saw, said 130 school districts were closing. So that means. It's roughly half. I think there's, like I said, 292. So 162 school districts hadn't closed. Maybe they have now. I don't know. But for those that have said that they're going to remain open, they they have a lack of teachers. Some have so much of a, of a gap in the number of teachers available that they've had to go to kind of some extreme circumstances. I think some are making this an e-learning day. Right where you don't have to go to school, but teachers will be available for you to, I don't know, to communicate with them electronically over the internets, as they say. Um, Some school districts, I have been told, I cannot confirm this, but have to have other folks covering classrooms uh, besides, besides teachers and even substitutes. In fact, I was told, again, I can't confirm this, there's a lot of districts, but uh, that that some are even looking to their bus drivers and cafeteria workers to to cover classrooms as well. So there's there's gaps, there's holes, right? That people have to uh, additional accommodations have to be made. E-learning, virtual schools, someone else to cover the classrooms. Something has to be done when uh, large numbers of teachers go to the state house. Now, I want to pause here. I want to pause here and kind of go through. Um, a little bit because I'm going to go on record as saying I don't think anyone understands 
the complexities of, of school funding. I don't think anyone has all the answers, which of course is problematic, right? Problematic no matter what side of this you fall fall on. It's problematic that it's so convoluted and complicated. In fact, I think that that's one of the reasons uh, that they like to build these convoluted and they just folks involved in the process. I think I think the sometimes that there's uh, cover political cover for those who are making decisions to make it convoluted. I think that it allows for uh, you know extra monies to end up in places for those that are getting paid. I think that it's it's, it's kind of a good scenario for many of those inside the system but for the taxpayer it's not this needs to be clearer and more straightforward but it's it's convoluted and so the state of indiana the way that it works now the, the state of indiana sets its budget and it's creates the general fund now the general fund is the money that uh the the, the budget that is actually directly under the state's control the state also gets federal money i think it's about 40 percent of our budget comes from comes from federal federal monies. So there's a, a general fund and that's that's the money that the state controls. If I was to tell you, if you were to take a guess as to how much of that budget is set aside for education, K through twelve, if I was to tell you that it's over half, would that surprise you? Would it surprise you that over half of the general fund goes to K to 12, uh, K through 12? Another, I think it's 12% goes to higher education. So we're in the 60-some percent of the general fund that goes to education. Now, when you look at the total budget, it's a smaller number, something like 39%. But the reality is, is that it's that way because the federal funding, so much as I understand it, is earmarked. Uh, and has to be spent a certain way. For example, 80% of federal funding that comes to the state of Indiana ends up going to like, health care-related services. I think it's Medicaid, uh, uh, CHIP program, the Child Health Care in- Investment, I guess, program. And so half of the money goes to K-12. So when you think about the things that the state has to pay for, the first question is if half of it goes to something – you have to pause and say, how much more can we stand to send that direction, right? And by the way, you should be able to ask these questions without someone losing their minds, without someone screaming. They can do that. It's fine. It, it demonstrates, if that is what happens, uh, that there's actually an, an absence of a re- uh, rebuttal argument there. But if we have this much percentage of our money going to K-12 – the, the next question is, what gets cut outside of K-12, or we pay more taxes? And this is where I begin to have a bit of a problem with this, because then at this point, what you have, if you have to pay more taxes, you effectively have a protest. People are protesting effectively at that point, even though I know they don't mean it this way. Some of them probably, I don't know, don't care or whatever, but some don't mean it this way. But it's actually they're protesting the taxpayer. At that point, it becomes akin, it becomes akin, at least you can, you can make this case, that if I have an advertiser that's paying to be on this program to share their message with you in hopes that you will support them, which, by the way, you should if you're in the market for their goods and services – 
it would be akin to me going and with the sign outside in front of their properties deciding, you know what, I think that they should pay me more because I work really hard or whatever the case may be, right? But the bottom line is, the bottom line is that's really not, that really isn't the way um, that they determine the value of advertising. There's a calculation that's made. It's worth, free markets determine what things are worth, not how much uh, I get upset about it or someone else gets upset about what they're being paid and so forth. And I'm not against paying teachers more, but I mean, these are factors that you have to ask, how do we get there? How do we get there? So I've got to stop and take a break. Getting some some looks over here from our new, I haven't mentioned the new folks uh, or the new individual here behind the scenes who replaced Fetty Cade. But she is doing her job with a diligence over here, showing me that it is time to take a break. And I appreciate that because I need to take one. So I'm going to stop, pause, and take a break. More on this when we return. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. An underperforming sales team can wreak havoc on your business. But what if the solution isn't finding the right people, but is helping your people become the right people? My friends at Sales Arbiter provide hands-on coaching and training designed to help your current sales team achieve success. They've helped our team immensely, and I think they can help your team too. If your sales team is struggling to grow in this competitive business environment, visit our friends at salesarbiter.com today. My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at My Pillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our My Pillow towels and our really soft, comfortable my pillow sheets and not to be left out echo and tango love sleeping on their my pillow dog bed too visit mypillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code todd to save as much as 80 percent that's mypillow.com promo code todd Welcome back. All right, so getting messages here during the break. You better thread the ne- <laughs> you better thread the needle here, or you're going to have a hundred teachers on your lawn this afternoon. <laughs> you know, listen, I'm not against teachers making making more money. I'm not, uh, but the reality is that the money has to come from somewhere. And part of the problem, I remember when I was in school. Actually, no. Well, when I was in school, I, I was uh, I served on the school board where my uh, one of the teachers I had was still there when I was on the school board that was there when I was in in high school, and he was uh, a genius, really. And he taught multiple subjects. I mean, I don't advanced math, chemistry, physics, I think. And when he retired, when he retired, it took. I mean, you just don't find people that could teach this many complicated 
subjects at a high level. And I mean, literally, it. I, I can't swear to this, but at least on paper, I could definitely see where this was multiple teachers would have to fill, fill this guy's uh, the, the hole that he left. But he wasn't making uh, what two teachers would have made. He was made ba- making what was based, you know, based upon the scale, which was how long have you been here and all this. There may be problems. In fact, I would venture to say there probably are problems with any set of criteria or guidelines or factors that try to hold teachers accountable. Because at the end of the day, you know, my mom worked in the the public school system. She wasn't a teacher. She was an aide. My mom worked her tail end off and did a fantastic job and uh, was a teacher in many ways, believe me. Very incredible woman. But um, she, you know, she she wasn't an aide. But I remember having conversations with my mom and there's definitely problems, right? And there's reasons some kids can't learn. Folks, I used to run a boys and girls club. There were kids that there were problems with that could not be held to the same standards as everybody else. But there were very, very few percentage-wise, just a couple. Most of them, once you got to the core of the problem, in my estimation, the core of the problem was that they had been basically given excuses as to why they didn't have to behave. And so I told them, hey, here at the club... I don't care about any of that. You're going to figure out how to behave, and I'm going to hold you to the same level of expectations as everyone else. And that worked for the vast majority, vast majority. I I can remember two that it didn't work with. That's it. But if you're not, if someone isn't learning, and I know teachers, you would agree with this. Teachers will agree with this. If, If no one in the class is learning, then by definition, you're not a teacher, Right? I mean, a teacher, and there are some fantastic teachers out there. I remember teachers that would come early. My brother uh, had some difficulties with the subject. It was math when he was younger. I don't know what grades this was. It was junior high, maybe, maybe early high school. And there was a, a teacher that would go every single day before class, not just for him, but for others, every day. Teachers doing fantastic stuff like that. Teachers doing fantastic stuff like that. On the flip side, I know of an individual, will not mention any names, who was leaving school uh, one day, saw another teacher carrying a stack of papers, asked that teacher, what are you doing with all those papers? And the teacher replied, I've got to get these graded over the weekend. And the, the other individual replied, don't you know you get paid the same whether or not you grade those papers? That's the behavior, that behavior, that we're that, – Standards tries to eliminate. There's always problems with standards because there's never a one-size-fits-all solution, and maybe that's part of the issue. Maybe part of the issue needs to go back to the local school boards and not expect the state to, to do these things. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm not against the folks opposing the standard. I'm not against the folks wanting more money. I'm just – you think about the whole process, and you think something has to give. Do we cut funding? from some other aspect of our budget, or do we raise taxes? By the way, there's another group in this that hasn't been uh, brought up, and that's local school boards. There's local methods by which you can, uh, you, you can uh, you know, get raises through the local school board taking action or being, being referendums, uh, which, which go directly to the, 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 the local community. A lot of those referendums, by the way, are now getting shot down right some of them are not 
Some of them are. Doesn't mean, by the way, you hate teachers if you don't vote for these sorts of things or you're against education. The state of Indiana has put a lot of money towards education. Put a lot of money towards education. Anyway, still long. I'm, I'm off. I'm off. Off the break schedule here talking about this. But these sorts of things will apply, no, again, no matter where you are listening. Utah, Florida, South Carolina. We have listeners all, all over the world in that, for that matter. These factors, well, I can only speak for domestic U.S. institutions and, and school districts and so forth in general. These same issues may be coming to your particular communities. And we have to be able to say, look, we're not against we're not against a teacher. We're just for – there's only a certain amount of money. How many of you personally have had to make budget cuts over the past however many years? Probably not so much now because of the uh, turning around of the economy. But there was a time when everybody had to make steep budget cuts. People lost their jobs, right? I'm not arguing for that. I'm simply saying that there are realities – there are realities, especially when leftists are in control, where the economy is uh, stagnant and there's less money to go around already uh, in, a, in a very tight, uh, tightly budgeted world. So I've got to take a break. Get back. Maybe do a few more things on this and wrap up. You're listening to the Home of Conservative, Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. An underperforming sales team can wreak havoc on your business. But what if the solution isn't finding the right people, but is helping your people become the right people? My friends at Sales Arbiter provide hands-on coaching and training designed to help your current sales team achieve success. They've helped our team immensely, and I think they can help your team too. If your sales team is struggling to grow in this competitive business environment, visit our friends at salesarbiter.com today. My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at My Pillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our MyPillow towels and our really soft, comfortable MyPillow sheets. And not to be left out, Echo and Tango love sleeping on their MyPillow dog bed, too. Visit MyPillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code TOD to save as much as 80%. That's MyPillow.com, promo code TOD. Welcome back. By the way, I should mention, today is not only Red for Ed Day here in Indianapolis. It's also International Men's Day. So happy, <laughs> happy International Men's Day. I don't know why it needs to be international. What is that? Why can't it just be Men's Day? Can we just have a Men's Day? Happy International Men's Day to all the men in the audience today. Um, I am giving you a... Very official wink and a nod at this moment in time. Congratulations for being a man. We need some more real men in society 
today. So thank you for those who stem, uh, stand up and fulfill that massive void in some places. It's also National Entrepreneur's Day. And I don't know if these things are all tied together, but it's also World to- Toilet Day. These are the things Fetikate. This is still a list of things Fetikate has put together for me. National Men, International Men's Day, National Entrepreneur's Day, and World Toilet Day, all today. And, of course, it's Red for Ed Day at the State House here in Indianapolis. So, and again, this, this has happened, and I think I saw North Carolina. There's several states that have already had these these movements pass through. And I haven't even gotten to some of the uh, some of the individuals and some some of the problematic political viewpoints of some of the folks involved. I'm not talking about particular teachers here. I'm talking about some of the the folks involved in some of the, the larger scale movement, some of the ideology of some of these individuals. But anyway, should also point out for those of you that are uh, interested in helping the Scott Smith team of Teller, uh, of Keller Williams Realty, uh, they are collecting items for children who are served by the Children's Bureau of Indianapolis. They're looking for uh, gently used duffel bags, luggage, suitcases, and these items can be optionally. They don't have to be, but they can be filled with things like toys and coloring supplies, toiletries, uh, some gently used or new clothes and shoes. And they're going to be donating these to the Children's Bureau of Indianapolis who serves uh, kids in the foster system here in the state. If you're interested in helping out with that, take those uh, your donations to Scott Smith team's office, the Keller Williams office, uh, on the south side in Greenwood, 60, uh, 1644 Fry Road in Greenwood, and you can do that through the 22nd of November. So I appreciate those that have, uh, you know, have this on your list to do, those that have reached out about that, those that have taken stuff, whatever the case may be, I appreciate those of you that have that have done that. So I want to shift gears again really, really quickly. And there's, of course, a lot more to say about the Red for Red stuff. But I I kind of wanted to give a synopsis of of where we stand. And and just without this being overly emotionalized, we have to deal with – we have to work within the frameworks of of reality here. And if folks are going to get more money, there has to be budget cuts or there has to be a tax increase. I mean that's effectively what we're looking at at this particular point in time. Or school districts can pass individual referendums. Uh, which haven't been super successful. Really quickly, I also saw Chick-fil-A has stopped, the corporate Chick-fil-A, has now stopped giving donations uh, to a group that's very important to me. Actually, they've stopped giving it to uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and drawing a blank on the other one. But the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is the one that that matters to me. Um, not that the other doesn't, but one that has a really specific uh, personal connection. I mean, I'll try to squeeze that in after the break. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. An underperforming sales team can wreak havoc on your business. But what if the solution isn't finding the right people, but is helping your people become the right people? My friends at Sales Arbiter provide hands-on coaching and training designed to help your current sales team achieve success. They've helped our team immensely And I think they can help your team too. If your sales team is struggling to grow in this competitive business environment, visit our friends at salesarbiter.com today. My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. 
That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at MyPillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our MyPillow towels and our really soft, comfortable MyPillow sheets. And not to be left out, Echo and Tango love sleeping on their MyPillow dog bed too. Visit MyPillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code TODD to save as much as 80%. That's MyPillow.com, promo code TODD. Welcome back. So I mentioned before the break, mentioned before the break, then I have a couple of minutes here, but I want to get to this. This is very, very important to me. Um, And by the way, if you disagree with me on public schools, that's totally cool. It's fine. Send your thoughts, comments, just raising questions, raising questions about all these things, as we should, by the way, not just if the person's named Trump or if they're a Republican or whatever the case may be. But anyhow, so I mentioned before the break, Chick-fil-A, who I, I admire this organization. It's, it's a well-run organization, incredibly profitable. They do it being opened uh, six days a week, right? And so they have recently made a decision to stop giving funds to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. The other was the Salvation Army, I believe. And it's their decision. I know there's always the thing of whether this is political and all this kind of stuff. It very well may be political pressures or pressures from Groups that are saying that FCA and the Salvation Army are anti-LGBTQ, um, or whatever else, just because in many cases these folks are uh, for traditional biblical marriage and so forth. But I want to talk about the FCA since it came into the news. This is an organization that was in um, that that was instrumental in my personal. Faith. In fact, I was a young man back in 1993. I played uh, football, and um, I went to a, a football camp in Marshall, Indiana, and it was a Fellowship of Christian Athletes football camp. And at that camp, it was the first time I'd ever, it might sound a little bit hard to believe for those that maybe grew up in church, but for the first time ever, I heard the gospel presented, at least I guess to where I understood it, or I would say maybe the first time I never really heard the gospel presented that Jesus came to earth as a uh, as a baby. He lived a sinless life and ultimately uh, made the decision, or you know, let, followed God's call to uh, become a, a sacrifice for the sins, not just for my sins, but for the sins of the whole world, but also just for my sins, and so just for your sins as well. And so I heard that message for the first time at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes football camp in late June of 1993. So it's always been on my heart. In fact, if any of you have a connection with FCA, it's something that I've thought about doing for some time. There's obviously a lot more to the story, as there always is. But I've, I've thought of reaching out for some time to, to FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and saying, look, I, I'd be interested in you know, sharing my story if you have a venue, if there's something I can do to help share specifically how you 
touched my life. The other group, by the way, that personally impacted my life was the Gideons. I remember back in the day, I remember the Gideons handing out Bibles, talking about public education, but they used to hand out Bibles. I'm sure that there are districts that still allow this, although it's probably not as prevalent. But they would hand out little red Bibles with the New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. And that was my Bible. I remember as a young kid, that in weekday religious education, uh, learning to start to read and to pray. And I want to appreciate and say thanks to both of those organizations. So anyway, that is all the time I have today, guys. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care. An underperforming sales team can wreak havoc on your business. But what if the solution isn't finding the right people, but is helping your people become the right people? My friends at Sales Arbiter provide hands-on coaching and training designed to help your current sales team achieve success. They've helped our team immensely, and I think they can help your team too. If your sales team is struggling to grow in this competitive business environment, visit our friends at salesarbiter.com today. My friends, I've struggled with insomnia for years. One thing I've learned is that nothing will make you appreciate a good night's sleep more than a bad night's sleep. That's why my family and I are grateful to be sleeping on pillows from our friends at My Pillow. Our son likes that it's a poofy pillow that never gets hot. Our oldest daughter likes that she doesn't need two pillows to sleep anymore. And our youngest daughter likes that it's comfy and better than her old pillow. But they've got much more to offer than just pillows, my friends. In fact, my wife raves about the fantastic quality of our MyPillow towels and our really soft, comfortable MyPillow sheets. And not to be left out, Echo and Tango love sleeping on their MyPillow dog bed too. Visit MyPillow.com to shop their wide variety of products and use promo code TOD to save as much as 80%. That's MyPillow.com, promo code TOD.